You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 71. Do you identify strongly with a brand, a person, or a message? For example, do you have a favorite shoe company or coffee brand? Are you an avid sports team super fan or a book fan? Or do you have a business that you buy all their stuff without even thinking about it? Ever wonder how to create an audience like that for your business? That's what we're getting into today. Welcome to the Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to another great week. Thanks for letting the Marketing Funnel Show be a part of your week. I've got a quick question for you. Have you taken a moment to jump into Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts to leave a rating and review for the show? If so, I've got a free gift for you. Send me a screenshot and I'll give you a shout out. Plus, I'll give you a great mini course for free called the One Sentence Marketing Hook that will help you come up with your one sentence to hook and engage your audience into what you stand for and what you offer. All you have to do is take a screenshot and send it to me at michelle at michellelevans.com. I'll link to it in today's show notes so you can go to themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 71 or just go in your podcast listening app and you can click on it right there. All you have to do is let me know and you are in my friend. All right, today we're continuing to talk about the principles of persuasion, coined by Dr. Robert Cialdini way back in 1984. If you missed episode number 70, where I introduced these principles and went in depth into persuasion pillar number one, which is reciprocity, you may want to hit the pause button on this episode and start there. That way you can go on this journey with me. Because when you match up the principles of persuasion, with your marketing funnel, you can create a profit engine that attracts clients, students, and customers and buyers for years to come so that you can get your business results without worry, right? Again, we're talking about Robert, Dr. Robert Cialdini's book called Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. In his book, Cialdini explains the psychology of why people say yes and how to apply these principles into your everyday life to persuade people. When he first came out with it, obviously, we didn't have online marketing at that time. And so today we're gonna talk about principle number two and apply it to your marketing funnel because these will make a huge difference in how effective your marketing funnel actually is for your audience plus your own results. And I gotta tell you, the biggest people out there learn and live by these um, all of these persuasion pillars because they're so effective. And I'm not just talking about people in the online space. I'm talking about companies. Like I first read this book. I'm trying to remember. I think it was either the late nineties or the, like the year 2000. Um, and I have read it at least twice a year ever since. And now I just listen to it on audible, but 
it is so powerful to know this stuff and to really bring it into all the stuff that you do for your business. And it gives you a purpose and a reason for why you're doing what you're doing instead of just doing random acts of marketing. So again, a quick reminder, the six original pillars of persuasion that you'll find in the original book are number one, reciprocity, number two, commitment and consistency, number three, social proof, number four, liking, number five, authority, number six, scarcity. And then if you get the updated version um, in just the last few years, I think it might have been like 2010 or 2011. I might be off on that a little bit, but Cialdini added a seventh pillar based on how online marketing has changed how we influence and um, persuade people. And that pillar is called unity. So there's seven pillars now. So let's dive into pillar number two, which is commitment and consistency. Now you may be thinking that I'm talking about your commitment and consistency to your business, but no, this persuasion pillar isn't really about you. I mean, it is obviously because you're doing all of these things, but this persuasion pillar is so much bigger than that. And the focus is actually on your audience's commitment and consistency in actions and thoughts. And the big question you want to ask yourself when um, thinking about using this pillar is how do you earn the loyalty of people who don't quite trust you yet? And the short answer is this, you need baby steps to build that loyalty and trust. And the easiest first step to get your audience to commit to something, to your message, to a shared idea, to a rant or a stand that you take is to share it, right? Basically, you want to go out there and you want to show how you're part of the same group. You want to um, share your stance, share your rants, share what you have to say so that people who feel that same way are like, that person sounds like they are leading a team that I want to be on, right? Basically, you want to show your audience how you're part of the same group, that group could be new moms, it could be stepmoms, it could be online business owners, it could be committed marathon runners, it could be empty nesters, it could be, um, you know, career driven people, it could be, you know, whomever your audience is. And this is why it's so important to know who your people are. How do they identify themselves? And more importantly, what's your message about your shared identity? And that message could be positive, it could be a rant, it could be taking a stand against the status quo, like it could be any number of things. And once you know about this persuasion pillar, you're gonna start to see it show up everywhere. You're gonna see it everywhere in the online marketing space and you'll even see it in the offline space. Like you'll see it in TV ads, you'll see it if you listen to the radio, you'll hear it there. Um, And you'll see people share stories or um, take a stand for something and say something like, people like you and me, we know dot, 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 right? And then they'll make a statement about what you know or what defines you or what your beliefs are or take a stand against, again, like that status quo. You might even see a testimonial or a success story that sounds pretty much like what you want, like the before is you and you really want that after, right? That's part of how people get that commitment and consistency from their audience because helping your audience feel like they're part of your group is the first step towards commitment and consistency in the persuasion pillar. And the reason is a little complicated, although I'm going to break it down and make it as simple as I can for you, because this is a really important thing to understand about people. 
they want to be around people who believe what they believe. They want to be, they don't want to be judged because they're making bad choices or they're weird or, you know, whatever. They want to be with their people. And so you need to know who your people are so that you can really help them know that you're for them. So the commitment and uh, consistency pillar works by taking advantage of a mental shortcut that all humans use to make decisions. All of us have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little tiny and big decisions that we make on a daily basis. What are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? Where are you going to go? You know, what time are you going to get up? Are you going to take a shower? <laughs> like, you know, all these things. What are you going to have for breakfast? What are you going to have for lunch? Are you going to take the phone call? Are you going to be on social media? You know, all that kind of stuff. So commitment and consistency, it helps to make our lives easier. It's a shortcut that you use, that I use, because it reduces the amount of things that we have to think about. And we make a decision once and then we just keep reaffirming that decision. So, you know, just as an example, if you typically get up between 6 and 6.30 in the morning, you probably typically get up at 6 to 6.30 in the morning unless something crazy and weird has happened because that's a decision that you made that that's the time that you're getting out of bed. And so it's easy to keep making that decision over and over because that's kind of your routine, right? That's that's sort of this, uh, that is commitment and consistency in action, but it's how our brains just help make things easier for us. Now, not to get, you know, crazy political here, but if you think about your own network of people around you, your family, your friends, people you interact with a lot. Do you know somebody who has a completely opposite political view of the world than you do? I mean, think about that person. And, uh, you know, that person probably posts on social media or you, you know, gets <laughs> there in your family. Like I have a cousin like this who's completely opposite of me. And we get stuck at, you know, a, a family gathering or dinner or whatever. And you're thinking, okay, this person is legit crazy. <laughs> like I don't even understand where they're getting their information at. And worse, if you're anything like me, you try it once, uh, you try to engage in dialogue with that person about your point of view and about why you believe your point of view and about facts and about, um, just, you know, why you believe what you believe. And if you're anything like me, you try that once and then you stop it pretty quickly. Why? Because clearly the other person's mind is already made up. They've already decided that they're not on my team. They're on a different team, right? They have a different political view. They trust different news sources. They trust different leaders, different celebrities. They have different social groups that reaffirm who they are and why they're right. And that, you know, I don't know that I'm wrong. And it seems like the more that I try to bring them to my way of thinking, uh, I gave up pretty fast because I was like, yeah, this is not even a conversation worth having. But you might have tried <laughs> more often than me, where we try to bring them to our way of thinking. And it seems like they're digging in their heels more and more and more about why they're a thousand percent right. And I'm a thousand percent wrong. Want to know why? Again, it's this principle of commitment and consistency. At the beginning, when, you know, teams were being decided, they made the decision that they were on that team. And I made the decision I was on a different team. 
And we all do this. We all make a decision once and it doesn't have to be about politics. It can be about anything, about your eating choices, about your religious beliefs, about what your style is, about your exercise beliefs, about your TV watching habits. You know, like we all do this about lots of different things. We make a decision once and then we pretty much stick with that decision come hell or high water. We actively look for people like us to reaffirm that our decision was right and that, you know, we belong to a group and we look for stats and stories and reporting that prove our position, especially if we're talking about something like business or politics or, you know, really uh, highly charged things. And we ignore the rest. We ignore the stuff that doesn't reconfirm what we already believe. And even more, science has proven that as humans, we tend to view consistency as a really attractive social trait, even if we don't agree with what the other person believes, we view it as a a really attractive social trait. So, you know, let's say that you have a gun loving friend and you're not a gun lover. You're pretty much going to expect that gun loving friend to, um, always love guns no matter, you know, what you say or what you do. And and if they suddenly became like a pacifist, like a, I'm, I'm thinking of like a, a flower child pacifist, um, you would be like, what happened? Like, what's going on here? You're not, you know, the Tom that I know. You're somebody else. And, um, and that's because we want to put people into a box and we want to know, are they with me or are they against me? Are they on my team or are they not on my team? And will I listen to them and trust what they have to say or not. And that's why it's so important that you help your audience know that you're in the same tribe, that you stand for the same things, that you believe and work towards a common shared view of the world. And again, it doesn't have to be anything about politics. It can be about your views of, you know, loving chocolate. Okay, that's mine. I love chocolate. (laughs) And sometimes when people, when I meet up with people, they'll be like, I'm a chocolate lover too. I'm like, awesome. We're on the chocolate loving team, right? Like it's just one of those things. Um, Or it might be about, you know, whatever your business is about. But you want to help people understand what team you're on so they can decide if they're on yours or not. And this can be really hard for people because it can be polarizing, right? You can have people say like, you're so wrong. And I've had people, you know, come at me about some of my views about marketing that I'm wrong. That's okay. That's my view. And it speaks to my people and my tribe. And clearly you're on the other team. (laughs) So, you know, if you love to hustle and you love to be on the road all the time, you're not on my team. I'm somebody who wants systems and I want to make, you know, profit without worry. And I want to know that, you know, if life happens, that I've got a business that supports me and that it's not all up to me 100% of the time. But if you're a hustle lover, um, you know, you're probably Gary Vee's probably more of your guy or, you know, some other <laughs> people that I won't name because I don't like them. <laughs> But, um, but you know what I mean? Like you, you want to take a stand so that people go, yep, you're for me. You're, you're standing for things that really speak to me or no, I don't believe that at all. I think that you do have to hustle 24 seven. And if you don't, you're lazy and you shouldn't have a business. Like, you know, that that's two different teams that we have. 
And in fact, back in episode number 68, I interviewed my friend, Dr. Michelle Mazur, who has something that she's developed called the three word rebellion. And her work is all about attracting a tribe with this persuasion principle of commitment and consistency. She's all about creating your three word rebellion so that people will know what you stand for and they'll know if you're for them or not. They'll know if they're intrigued by your three word rebellion or not. And it's a really um, interesting exercise to go through. I, I hired Michelle, even though she's a friend, I hired her and we've been working on mine. And it was a really interesting uh, exercise for me to go through because um, I realized how I thought that I was, you know, putting a line in the sand about what I'm about, but I was still a little bit wishy-washy. And so we had, you know, a couple sessions where she just was like, look, that's not you and you need to just you know, decide what you are. And once I did make the decision, it felt right. And I was like, yes, I know what mine is. Um, and I'll probably do a episode about, about the whole thing when we're through with all of the exercises, but it, it can be scary even for somebody like me, who's been in business for a long time. And I know what I stand for really focusing on what your team is all about is a tough thing to do um, because you know that you're going to have people go, okay, that's just crazy. You're just a nut job. And I just have to be okay that there's people who are not on my team. And you do as well because that's how you create a business that really stands out from all of the vanilla marketing out there that everybody sounds the same, right? And if you haven't listened to my interview with uh, Michelle, which is episode number 68, I'll link to it in today's show notes at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 71 or just in your podcast app. And I'll link to her book on Amazon as well. It's a great read and it's definitely worth checking out uh, because she goes through all the exercises that her and I have been doing together and they're really valuable to help you kind of hone in on this. All right, so let's talk about commitment and consistency in action. So the inaction number one is to start small. In his book, Influence, Dr. Cialdini writes about the way we all judge others by their actions. We're not judging others by their intentions or their internal thought dialogue. We judge them by what they do, how they show up, you know, what clothing they choose to put on their body, what signs they choose to hold, what words they choose to say. We judge people by what they do. And here's the kicker. We also judge ourselves by what we do. So, you know, if you know somebody who is super health conscious, you know that every decision they make is going to be in line with being health conscious. They're going to choose all organic. They're going to, you know, prioritize exercise over almost anything else. They're not going to be, you know, devouring chocolate cake, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And, and so when we know this about ourselves, that we judge ourselves based on the actions that we take and we judge others based on the actions that they take, we expect that once you take an action, you're going to keep taking that same sort of action. So if I say, yep, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, fully on this eating plan or fully on this, um, I don't know, style plan or whatever, Every time I show up, you would expect that that's how I'm, you know, going to act. And I would expect it of myself as well. So here's what Cialdini says about this. 
he says, you know, a person, um, a person's behavior tells him about himself. It's a primary source of information about his beliefs and values and attitudes. And again, once we make a decision about like I'm on the healthy team, we're going to want to keep making decisions to reaffirm that we're on the healthy team. If that's really in line with, with what we're doing. So once your audience, once a customer can be nudged into making a tiny insignificant choice and stand, it really paves the way for you and me to offer bigger choices. And these bigger choices might be met with less resistance because the first small choice that they've made got them on that path. So if you're talking to, you know, health conscious moms with super picky kids, okay, that's me. Um, okay. One of my stepdaughter is not picky, but my other two are super picky eaters and it's really hard to have healthy food, um, that anybody will eat. And you know, if that's, if that's what you teach people and you said, look, I teach health conscious moms, how to get their super picky eaters to get on board with the health plan. I would be like, I'm on your team. And, um, and that's, that's the same thing that, that you want for your audience as well. You want them to go, yes, that's the team I want to be a part of. And this is commonly known as the foot in the door technique, where a small request paves the way for saying yes to a larger request down the road. And the request does not have to, I mean, when I'm talking small, I'm talking really small. So for example, let's say that you put out a podcast or a blog post or a video And it's about, you know, a problem that you know that your audience struggles with. And it's easy to share it and say, hey, you know, you see somebody asking a question about it or you see a lot of people talking about it. You can say, hey, here's a blog post or a podcast or a video that you can read, listen to, watch, whatever, that really answers your questions. And if they click on that, that's a small yes. That's your foot in the door. That's you warming up your audience by meeting them where they're at with a question, with a problem or with a situation that they're currently struggling with. And that's you stepping into a conversation they're already having in a really helpful way and saying, hey, here's the team I'm on. Are you on this team? Like it just takes a little tiny baby step to say yes of, you know, clicking and reading or even reading your social media post and hitting like, like those are small, small ways to get that commitment. And once you have that commitment, people are going to want to stick with that action that they took. Right. I mean, have you ever done that? Have you ever come across a blog post, a video or a podcast or some other freely available resource, even, you know, just a social media post that was super helpful to you? Hopefully, yes. And hopefully as you were reading it, listening to it or watching it, hopefully the person or business asked you to take another little baby step like this post, click here to read this, click here to watch this, click here to listen to this. And then as you were, you know, watching, listening, reading, hopefully they gave you another little baby step like, Hey, you want to go even further in this? Give me your name and email address and I'll give you my free lead magnet because that's another foot in the door. And you can see how these little tiny yeses really start adding up and bringing people forward. And then they say, they see your email in their inbox and they say yes by opening it. And you know, you have, I don't know, more stuff that comes out and they say yes by engaging with it. Those are all lots of little tiny steps towards a big yes. 
And that's why content marketing is so important is because you're able to use these as a really simple and low um, low cost way. And by low cost, I don't mean cost to you. I mean, cost to your audience. It's a low cost way for them to say, Ooh, this person kind of sounds interesting. Like, you know, I want to hear more of what they have to say. That's them saying, I think I'm on your team. <laughs> I'm going to keep, you know, saying yes and checking it out. And, uh, you know, by saying a small yes to reading a free resource or watching a free video or listening to a free podcast, they're going to find it much easier to continue to say yes to you at each small step along the way. And you as a business owner need to understand that. And that's why you can't rush. That's why when somebody comes to me and says, oh, I've been running Facebook ads and they're just not working. Will you take a look at it and help me understand, you know, how I could make this work better? I'm going to tell you like 9.999 times out of 10, what they've been doing is running ads that are straight to an opt-in or running ads straight to a webinar or running ads straight to something that requires um, a pretty big step. So they're not taking those little baby steps of feet in the door. And a lot of times it's because they've seen this from a big, well-known person with a huge audience, tons of name recognition. And they're like, but it works for them. Why is it not working for me? Well, part of that is because that person has already laid the groundwork with all these small foot in the doors, feet in the door. What would you say? Like they already have a foot in the door, I guess would be the best way to say it. Um... Because, you know, they've already put out a lot of content that this person has paid attention to or their audience has paid attention to. They've already built up that trust and that buy-in and they already have people on the path of yes for them. And that's why they can do it. But for you, you know, and for me, when we're when we're not as well known and we're not, you know, doing, I don't know, 10 figure launches or whatever, um, you know, we need to take these smaller steps. And so whenever somebody comes to me with their Facebook ads that aren't working, I always say, okay, we need to start with your warm up content. We need to start by building an audience and by building um, engagement with them and by having you become more of a familiar face. That's why I always love to start with, you know, videos or blog posts or podcasts or whatever. And I do it myself too, because this is a way for you to get a foot in the door and to start to build that trust when you're not well known. This is how you get started. It's not, you know, by spending $300 a day on Facebook ads to a webinar and then wondering why, you know, nobody's converting. It's because you don't have a foot in the door. They're, they're just like, Hmm, not sure what's going on here. All right. Commitment and consistency in action. Number two, Join a crowd. So on the opposite side, if you're not, you know, in the, in the smaller group, if you've got some impressive numbers, like, you know, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people on your email list or more, or you have some really recognized names that you work with, this is a great way to utilize commitment and consistency. So for example, if you go to digitalmarketer.com and look at their homepage, 
uh, even though they're well known, they've got a ribbon in the middle of their homepage that says trusted by 126,000 plus marketers and companies alike. And then they have a bunch of well-known company names underneath with like Uber, HarperCollins, Infusionsoft, and Shopify. Names that you would trust, right? So there's 126,000 people and names that you would trust. It's a whole lot easier to trust a crowd. You think, you know, if 126,000 people said yes, and these big companies said yes, obviously it's safe for me to say yes too. Especially when that crowd includes names that you recognize. Um, I've also seen people do this when they don't maybe have a huge email list, but they've worked with some really big names. So they've maybe worked with somebody and then they've gone off on their own to do the same sort of work. And they'll say, hey, I, I used to work with so-and-so, you know, and I have all the insights and knowledge about this. And let me show you how this could work for you. And so they're leveraging the big name in order to, you know, bring in some of that credibility, like you can trust me, they've trusted me. And again, it's a whole lot easier to trust a crowd. So if you've got big numbers and or big names to lean on, it's a great way to invite more people in your tribe. I'll, again, I'll link to the digital marketer homepage today in today's show notes so you can see what it looks like for yourself. And you can find that at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 71 or your podcast listening app. I have a lot of links in this one because some of this is pretty visual. Like I can talk to you about it, but if you see it, then you go, aha, I see what they're doing now. So I'm giving you like the behind the scenes scoop, right? All right, commitment and consistency in action number three, public commitment. So another way to get a small yes from your audience is to have them make a public commitment to you, to your cause, you know, and, and, or, you know, something that you guys all can rally around. A few years back, Derek Halpern had a fantastic blog post on social triggers. It's, and, and within the blog post, it had a black and white line chart called a day in the life as an entrepreneur. If you were around when this came out, and I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2017, uh, but if you were around in the online marketing space, then I'm sure you've seen it, but I'll link to this blog post in today's show notes as well so that you can go check it out for yourself. If you haven't seen it, it's an up and down black line. Like think of a... Think of a heart monitor line, um, but a little more stretched out. It's an up and down black line, and it starts with, I'm excited on an up, then it's down. Ugh, this is hard. Followed by, yay, it's working. <laughs> Followed by, oh, I messed up. Followed by, give up the good for the great. Followed by, I think I'm going to go bankrupt. And it keeps going on. Like, it just goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And um, I will never forget this time, although, <laughs> although I have forgotten the year, but I will never forget this time because it felt like almost a year later where I was still seeing this graphic and this image and these talking points all over the place on social media. People would share it in Facebook groups. They'd share it on the Facebook timeline. They'd put it in, you know, Twitter. And I even came across it on Pinterest. And I was like, what the heck? This thing is everywhere. Um, and, you know, Derek is a really, really smart marketer, but... Part of it is that Derek was brilliant in putting this together because A, it deeply, deeply resonated with the online marketing crowd. 
Um, and, and he wanted us to know, even though he had been super successful in his business, he still, he still had these up and downs, right? And B, it was kind of funny, kind of true, and kind of made us feel better about the entrepreneurial journey, especially if we were on some sort of down <laughs> part, right? It's like, yeah, but there's an upcoming really soon. So what happened? Well, people shared this and they talked about it and they shared it and they talked about it and they shared it and they talked about it forever. The, you know, in fact, some people kind of tried to rip it off and to take um, Derek's name off of it and pass it off as their own. Um, but, you know, what happened is that, and, but everybody knew that it was his, um, but people started making public declarations. Um and they would make public declarations about following Derek's um, social triggers blog. They would make public declarations about being an entrepreneur. They would make public declarations about, you know, this this is a hard journey. It's not just like all rainbows and unicorns. And, and it just um, really brought together like, yeah, we're in this together. There's goods, there's bads, and we need to be really honest about all of it. I have zero idea what this did for Derek's business growth. I don't know him personally at all, but I have followed his stuff for a long time. But I can guess that at the very least, he got a bunch more subscribers. And even even the people who were already subscribed to him, he probably took a giant step forward in the commitment and consistency because they're like, yes, this dude gets me. Even though he's super successful, he still gets how hard this can be. And he probably very likely got even more than that in terms of people saying yes to buying his offers. But again, I don't know. I just know, you know, people were publicly declaring for this so much that I'm sure that they were just bought into the whole thing that he was doing. So why does this work? Well, commitments that we make to ourselves are really easy to break, right? It's really easy on January 1st to say, I'm going to stick to my <laughs> New Year's eating resolutions. This year is going to be different, but not tell anybody, not post about it, not like publicly declare. And then it's really easy, you know, the first Friday in January to be like, yeah, well, I can start that diet next week, right? But when something that we said is heard by everyone else, we have a really strong desire to stay consistent and committed to what we said we would do, right? That's why places like Weight Watchers have you show up to weekly meetings because it's a lot easier to keep going when you're publicly in it with somebody else. That's why, you know, there's that new, I can't think of what the app is called, but there's a new app where you can, you know, pay money. And basically if you reach your weight loss goals, you get money back plus extra. Um, but if you don't, you pay money, right? Like this is, this is the commitment and consistency in action is that when you publicly declare, you're all in and you will do whatever you can to keep moving forward. Um, and, you know, with Derek, it would have been a lot easier for people to give up on their dreams of entrepreneurship when they hit one of those lows if they hadn't publicly declared and shared and said, yes, you know, I'm on this journey. I wouldn't give it up for anything. Like, it's a lot harder to give up on your on your um, business if you have publicly done that, because then people are like, wait a minute, you said that you were totally into your business. What happened? And that just doesn't feel good for anybody. 
And so, you know, when, when businesses hold, for example, um, challenges, this is a way to get people to publicly commit, especially if they're, you know, sharing um, updates or success stories or, you know, pictures or whatever. It's a great way to get people to publicly commit that they're in this and that they're on your team and that they believe this. And the commitment comes because we all feel that innate social pressure to be consistent to a choice that we've already made. Something that, you know, it's known as normative social influence, which is a big sciencey word, but basically it says, you know, once I publicly identify as an entrepreneur or once I publicly identify as, you know, running this marathon or half marathon, once I publicly identify as, Um, a vegan or whatever, that I'm going to continue to want to identify as that. So uh, apart from getting your audience to be consistent, having them show support for your brand, for your message and for your position, for, you know, a challenge, for a hashtag, I mean, any of that stuff can help boost their commitment and consistency to the actions you want them to take with you. It can help boost your brand. It can help provide social proof to potential customers. It can do a lot of good. This only happens though when you deeply understand your audience and what it is that they're trying to achieve for themselves already and then just get them to publicly declare that. So let's recap the principle here. To take advantage of persuasion pillar number two, you want to encourage your audience to make a statement, then make it really easy for them to stand by that statement. You know, make it easy to fit in, make it easy to have a group. So how will you use the persuasion pillar of commitment and consistency in your market? in your marketing, like in how you show up for your business. I'd love to know what comes up for you. So just hit me up on social media or you can email me, michelle at michellelevans.com. I love to hear from listeners just like you so that together we can create a podcast that's valuable, it's helpful, and it gets you on the road to the marketing insights that you want to grow your business. All right, as you were listening to this, did you think of someone who could use these insights about persuasion pillars? They are really, really powerful and make marketing make a lot more sense when you understand why you're doing what you're doing. So if you know somebody who wants who wants these insights, who could really use this powerful insight into building a solid business that grows with a committed buyer audience, I'm going to ask you to do a, both of us a big favor and share this episode with them. It's super easy to do from whatever podcatcher you're listening on, or you can just share the URL for today's show, which is themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 71, and your friend can listen right there on their computer or their phone. Also, are you wondering how to use the persuasion pillars to create a profitable business without worry? You are invited to find out which marketing funnel is right for your business. Just go to michellelevans.com forward slash quiz or again, today's show notes, I'll link to it, to take the quick quiz and I'll show you exactly how to get started. You can experience for yourself exactly how the persuasion pillars work so that you can put them to use in your own business. All right, I want you to have an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place on another great episode of The Marketing Funnel Show. See you then.